He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Hey guys, we recently had our summer bonfire and it was so growth producing for me. We did a lot of activities during the day to help open up to what's inside so we could let go. We did a ritual to release something and wow, did that make a difference for me. I think it's important to take inventory every now and then and ask yourself, who am I? Where am I? What do I want? And the type of questions that help us not lose ourselves. If you get lost, this check-in can be the start of how to find yourself again. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, we can wake up years later in a life we think we didn't choose. So when I got home, I started going through all my stuff and purging things that belong to a past version of me or a fantasy version of me that I'll never actually be. For example, I sometimes think I'm going to learn an instrument or something like that. I buy the instruments or the course, and it just sits there. I admire people who can do it and would love to be able to do it, but honestly, I don't want it enough to put in the time into developing those skills. Or, you know, I'm just never going to be that harp player. (laughs) I'd really love to be able to weave baskets, but I'm probably not going to do that either. I'm certainly not there now. So after doing that purging ritual, anything that is not a reflection of my present self, is either out the door or on the way out. And that's what we're talking about in today's podcast, how to find yourself. It's summer, the season of me. It's time to do you, be a little selfish and self-indulgent. Balance your power with responsibility and strengthen your core self. We all need each other to show up in our power, beauty, and strength. We all have a job to do and We do that best from a place of authenticity, right? So if you like the podcast, please share it with others, write a review, or subscribe. Just go to the podcast website, scroll down, and you'll see reviews. That really helps us to inch up the search engine so we get discovered and continue our mission. So it really helps a lot. Thanks. I asked a friend to go to the bonfire, and he wasn't able to make it. I can tell he felt bad. I told him, it's cool. Do you. I don't know what his schedule's like, what his commitments are, what his time or money is like, and even, you know, what his heart's desire is. So I'm not going to pressure anybody to do anything. I really want them to do what's best for them. And I think my do you response just threw him off. See, he's a people pleaser. And when I didn't give him a clear indication of what I wanted him to do, he just didn't know what to do. And lots of people have this issue. If you're looking for someone else to tell you who to be and what to do, there's lots of people who are going to sign up for that job. 
it's enough responsibility for me to take care of my life. So I don't want that responsibility for someone else's. And I don't want someone else telling me what to think or do. If I'm going to push back on that, I need to know how to stand on my own two feet and make my own decisions. That's why I really need to know how to find myself. When we get our first crack at this, we're about two or three. They call it the terrible twos because that's when we start to talk. Before that, all we could do was cry to get our point across. Now we have some words. We used to be stuck wherever somebody put us, but now we have muscle control and balance and we can move. We can escape the crib, run around, climb stairs, and go where we want to go. If we don't like something, we can yell or hit you and let you know. We can even rip off our diaper and run around naked to express ourselves. But our parents see us as extensions of themselves. They want us to behave and be nice so that we're pleasant to be around. So they start to socialize us and make us into many versions of them. Most of us comply until we become teenagers. That's when we get the second round of rebellion. Our friends become more important than our families. They have different views. And that stimulates us to start thinking for ourselves. We might decide that we like different music from our parents, like different clothes than the ones they buy for us, or are interested in different things. I remember being around 12 or 13 and going to the pool in the summer. The lifeguards were all about 20 to 23, and I thought they were so cool. They listened to different music to what we had at the home, so when I went home, I changed the radio station. That was a big deal. <laughs> it was fine. My dad likes all kinds of music, but imagine if my parents weren't cool. It's little things like that that can make the transition into adulthood rough. If your parents judge you or criticize you, don't give you the freedom to explore or have your own thoughts, you can feel shut down, controlled, or maybe you rebel and go all extreme in one direction. This is why teens can get started down the road of alcoholism or drugs. If things are stifling... They may just want to escape, or they may search for acceptance with people who are into dangerous things, or search through acceptance by having sex. Exploration doesn't have to be rebellion. It can be healthy. In fact, the explorer is one of the archetypes for summer, and he's bounced by the hermit. The explorer wants to get out and see the world. He wants to put his hands in the sand and taste the wine and go boldly wherever his imagination inspires him to go. He doesn't wait for others to say, hey, let's go here. He's not a follower. He's a doer. And he's willing to do things alone because the love of adventure spurs him on. His motivation is curiosity. He doesn't do things for money, love, or some outcome usually. He does it to see what will happen. I'm sure you've had that experience as a little kid, right? Did you ever say something like, hey, I wonder what will happen if I jump from this high branch. You either land on your feet and teach yourself that you have courage and can accomplish things, or you crash and burn and learn limits. That's what exploration is about. It's a necessary part of growth. And if you want to see who you are, you have to explore until you hit some limits. Most of us explore online. <laughs> we read about other people's adventures and stories and make judgments about them. So it's something like, I wouldn't want a wedding like that. My dream wedding is a destination wedding on a tropical island. Or, I can never eat fried crickets. I would throw up. That's not the same thing 
at all as being on the street hearing the crickets sizzle in the hot grease and putting the thing in your mouth maybe you would like it just fine maybe you would learn that thoughts aren't always in alignment with beliefs and the only way to know something is to experience it life is relational we can only live it if we're experiencing stuff if i'm cooking dinner i can do that in a checked out way dissociated way or i can be here smelling the ingredients and feeling the heat of the stove if i'm here i can learn things from the process of cooking the tomatoes and garlic from blending of flavors and tasting of the final product if i'm here i'm not lost i'm having an experience of life that gives me feedback of what now is like it's a little abstract so let me explain on more than one occasion, I have been mindfully doing something mundane, and it struck me how all life could be explained in that activity. For example, there is this book called A Look at Life from the Deer Stand by Steve Chapman, and it's a beautifully written piece that uses everyday moments in life to connect and find meaning. I was once in the garden pulling weeds and realized that gardening is a reflection of life, myself, and everything else. All it takes is curiosity attention and an open mind to see it take that explorer attitude with you and do things reflect on them connect the dots back to yourself and the big picture and you will find that you're not lost you're not out there somewhere you're here and if you don't like where here is move if you don't like the view rearrange things clear things out like i'm doing our home is our sanctuary it should look like us and feel safe and comfortable. If it doesn't, so is it. And why isn't it a safe place for you? What can you do to make it that? Explore. And don't limit yourself to what is clean and good. Explore the darkness, the heavy stuff, and the forbidden. You can't know that that is not for you if you don't know what it is and make a conscious decision to reject it. Or maybe you decide to indulge in it, and that's okay too. Some of the best teachers are reformed addicts and criminals. Everyone isn't born with a great role models or environmental situations. Sometimes we have to claw our way out of things to get somewhere new. But if we just accept that things are the way they are, we aren't going to grow or be all that we can be. And that's another thing I'd like to touch on. When you think about how you find yourself, it's not the one and done type of thing. We're always in the process of becoming. Everything is always moving. If you stood still, the earth's still moving. The sun and the moon are still moving. If you're at the beach, the waves are still moving. So if you stood still, it would go from day to night. The tide would go from high to low around you. If it's deep enough, it could drown you if you don't move. So you could roast in the sun or freeze at night. So you have to move too. Adjust to what's happening around you. There's no safety in standing still. Life's dynamic. Be dynamic too. Move. Change. Grow. And listen to your inner voice to tell you where to go and what to do. The Explorer doesn't read lists like the top 10 travel destinations of 2023. Or the 10 things you must do in Bali. Those are someone else's opinions. He doesn't need that validation. Or if he wants it, he waits until he has his own experience and then talks about it with someone else. Indiana Jones is an explorer. 
Arya from the Game of Thrones is an explorer. She could have allowed herself to be taken back to safety to her family, but she chose the difficult path, the path of her own destiny. That's what we're being called to do in the summer. The flip side of that is the hermit. The explorer goes to explore the outer world. The hermit explores the inner world. I think the hermit is misunderstood. I think it's true that she isolates, but she isolates to go deep inside to uncover spiritual truths. In the tarot card deck, the hermit carries a light and a darkness. She illuminates darkness. Neither the explorer nor the hermit are distracted by everyday problems. In a way, they're both abandoning the mundane. Sometimes the explorer becomes the hermit because he's done so many things that he feels he's outgrown society. People haven't kept up with all he's discovered and he doesn't fit in anymore. They don't understand him. So the hermit and explorer balance each other. If the explorer moves away from people because he no longer fits in, he can become the hermit. But in order to not stagnate from isolation, the explorer can propel her to go back into the outer world and experience life again. Isn't that cool? Too much exploring can be escapism. Too much isolation can lead to becoming a recluse. And people are social creatures. We need each other. It helps to have a good relationship with both the explorer and the hermit when you're in the phase of life where you need to find yourself because we can find ourselves by going out into the world or going within. We've got a lot of clients who are in this situation. Maybe there's a divorce happening, a betrayal, a birthday, a crisis of some sort. Anything can happen to make us feel like we've lost touch with ourselves. Maybe it's the way we look at an old picture of ourselves and wonder, what happened to that girl? I think this feeling creeps us up on most of us from time to time. And if you're feeling it and don't seize it, it's too easy to let it pass by without doing anything with it. Maybe you only notice that you aren't as vibrant and alive as you could be when you're alone and you're almost never have any time alone, so you don't notice it too much. Or maybe you only notice it during the holidays when you're at your parents' house and feel like you've reverted to your childhood self. Once you're back at your home, the discomfort goes away, so you don't do anything about it. I would do something with that. Just because the pressure is off doesn't mean it's not still your reality. Do it for yourself. Your life is a gift. You are here to experience the wonder of being alive and to share yourself and discovery with others. If you're walking through the days doing nothing of value until death, you're wasting your life. Summer is about doing you. If you're not doing you, well, it's just a waste of opportunity. It's very easy in the West to put one foot in front of the other until you die. We have lots of comforts and distractions in this life. You can play video games, go on spiritual journeys, date different people, or even just work from dawn to dusk. So many ways to fill the days with distractions. You can even just engage in drama all day long or make lots of money and close deals. It's not the same thing as living. You might think, well, all that sounds great, but I don't know how. If you were ever a kid who played outside by yourselves, you know how. That little kid didn't need anybody to say, pick up a stick, act like it's a magic wand, point it at the rocks and turn them into something wonderful. You just did it. You let your imagination run wild. Give life to your ideas. Review them for nuggets of wisdom. 
We all have inner wisdom. It's a resource that we don't tap into often enough. But if you do, it will guide you. It has to guide you because no one else can tell you what path to take as you discover yourself. The sacred wheel is a guide. The hero's journey is a big, loose guide. The archetypes are guide. But there's a lot of wiggle room to choose your own adventure and personalize it. You have to do that. Nobody can do that for you. If you stick a paint-by-numbers, three-step plan, you know, you're not going to test yourself. To know yourself, you have to know in your guts that what you think is not someone else's idea of you. It's you. When Frodo Baggins goes off with the dwarves and the hobbit, he doesn't know any of the things he's in for. He's a rough idea. Okay, we're going to find smog and some mountain, and I'm going to steal something for the dwarves. That's it. That's as much, as much of a roadmap as a sacred wheel, hero's journey, or archetypes can give you. And yet, you have to go anyway. Just accept it. <laughs> There's no step-by-step -step instructions. You are going to have to make some decisions. Some will be easy and fun. Some won't. But the process will make a man or woman out of you. You might ask me, well, what's the point? What do I get if I find myself? You get you. You get to share your adventure, wisdom, and skills with other people. You get an amazing experience. Regardless of whether you have a what's eating Gilbert grape life, where every day is pretty much like the one before it, or a Harry Potter life, where something exciting seems to crop up every time you open your eyes, that's your experience. It's rich with relationships, emotions, opportunities, and missed opportunities. Your heart will swell with love one moment and be crushed the next. If you let it, so let it. Get in the game. Do you. We all have the same choice. We can either let the hurts of life sap life out of us drop by drop, or we can roll with the hurts and keep going. If we keep going, we could live every moment that we're alive, rather than die while our body is still breathing. Don't tolerate life or endure it. Live it. You got to be here to do that. Maybe you aren't sure if you need to find yourself. Maybe you think that you're really in touch with who you are. And maybe it's true. I'd still make it a regular practice to check in. I think we all have parts of ourselves that are hanging on to that belonging to another time. We have wounded parts that are influencing us beneath the radar. We have dreams that conflict with our values or other desires that have to be let go of. We can also have dreams that are begging for our attention that need to be nurtured. If I don't check in, we can miss all of that. When I went into our ritual at the bonfire, I put a lot of thought into it. I prepared. I thought I knew what needed to be let go, but when it came time to do it, my unconscious mind came up with something totally different. So I wouldn't think your way through this. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's a gut experience. As I started putting things into the fire as a way of symbolically releasing all that stood all that, that stood for and that version of myself that didn't exist anymore, I felt intense grief. I didn't want to let go. It was all happy stuff from a happy time. I was fulfilled, inspired, younger, and happy. Who doesn't want to keep all that? But as the flames grew higher and the pile of stuff got bigger, it started to feel liberating. I started to feel that space open up and make room 
for my present self to spread out, move, and blossom into being, and that felt really good. An easy way to find yourself is to pay attention. If you say something, ask yourself, did I mean that? Why did I say that? If you're feeling something, ask yourself, what's behind that? Is that all? It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Our feelings can be an indication of our emotional truth. And I say emotional truth because it's not an objective truth for everyone. Just us. Maybe it's pointing to an unresolved hurt from the past. Maybe it's a yearning for connection. It could be that you're lying to yourself about something. We're all sneaky creatures who can avoid seeing what's too painful to see. If you make it a habit of confronting those things, I promise you, you will have less pain in the long run. Another way to find yourself is to pay attention to what you're doing. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? Does this feel good? Is this what I want? I've definitely eaten too much at Thanksgiving. And when I ask myself, why am I doing this? It typically has to do with feeling full and wanting to keep feeling full. Not only my stomach, but my heart is full. Eating isn't going to make me any happier than I am. It can't stuff any more happiness in and everything fades. So accepting that that is the case is a way of living in sync with the truth. I'm never going to make it so good feelings last and bad ones never come. There isn't a skill for that. It's just not the way nature works. If I realize what I want and accept reality, I can first wait until the happiness fades, then be where I am then. Eating too much on Thanksgiving is really a silly way to deal with that when we look at it logically. Sometimes the questions aren't enough. The answers are blocked or hidden for whatever reason, and we need some help uncovering them. That is probably not going to help you find yourself, but it may help you get back on a productive path. The work really is all yours. It has to be because it's a choice. You can be anything. Everything is you. You are everything. You already decided when you came into this world what part of that you wanted to focus on. You just have to get back on track. What am I saying? Well, there are lots of ways to view this, but let's look at astrology. My sun sign is Pisces. Pisces is everything. It's all signs. It's the fish swimming in opposite directions or the yin and the yang. When Pisces is not balanced, it can be all over the place. Moody, dreamy, not grounded, emotional, and kind of crazy. But when it's grounded, it's everything. Try being that. It's not easy. This is why I call myself an earthling. Many countries have already acknowledged that UFOs or UAPs are real. They don't make a statement about the creatures flying them, but we can assume that they're real too. So where are my boundaries? Y'all have to have boundaries. Mine are with the earth. I belong to the earth. I am more than what I do for work, more than my family rules, more than my neighborhood or community. I am a creature of nature. I belong to the trees, the stars, the ocean. I'm an earthling. That's where I feel comfortable placing my boundaries. If you're a Leo, maybe you place your boundaries around being seen, being in the spotlight, being appreciated and beautiful. If you're a Libra, maybe your world is all about relationships, balance, and creating harmony. We're everything, but it's hard to be everything. So we bite off a chunk of that and express primarily in one way and one big picture energy. When we get great at that, we expand, and the I am that becomes more inclusive. And that might mean I am a daughter when I'm little. Then it might mean I'm part of a family. Then it could be I'm a person in my own right. 
and it just continues to change throughout our lives. We're not static. We can't express who we are in this moment unless we are in this moment, and that expression is congruent with our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual truths. All right, if you're ready for that journey to find yourself and be yourself and you want company, join us in the free community. We love quirky people who are exploring life like us. The link is in the show notes. And if you're a woman who is exploring what it means to be a woman and would appreciate an initiation into womanhood, check that out in our private community too. That's coming up this fall, but the pregame show is already happening, so you can get a head start. Thanks guys for being here. I'd love to meet you all. Not just your body, but your real self, your soul. It's so wonderful connect to connect with real people. But if you want to be one of them, you can't live a lazy life. You have to be mindful. And there is nothing more satisfying than looking in the mirror and seeing a reflection that resonates with you. The worst thing is looking in the mirror and seeing nothing or someone unrecognizable. If that's you, we got some work to do. Come join us in the sanctuary and get started. See you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.